Hello, this is Joan D. Martin from Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is, Do Older Americans Have a Harder Time Getting a Mortgage? A new study says yes. I'm going to start with a quote from the New York Times from April 8th of this year. Um, Quote, in February, an economist at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia published an analysis of more than 9 million mortgage application collection collected through the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act from 2018 to 2020. He found that rejection rates rose steadily with age, particularly accelerating for applicants over 70. End quote. The reason mortgage rejection statistic rates for older Americans are important to explore is because of the dichotomy between what the law says, specifically in the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, ECOA, and what actually happens when lenders look at an application. The ECOA prohibits discrimination in lending on the usual array of factors like race, color, religion, national origin, sex or marital status, or age. In fact, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, has fleshed out this statutory requirement in a rule explaining what constitutes discrimination in lending and what doesn't. On the other hand, lenders still have a legitimate need to determine an applicant's creditworthiness So how are these two competing goals reconciled? Not easily, it seems. And according to this new, extensive research on the increasing rate of mortgage denials for seniors, not necessarily in favor of those the law is trying to protect. It's important to understand, though, that this same research shows a correlation between the age of the borrower and an increased rate of loan denial, not a causation between the two. A potential borrower's age does not, in and of itself, cause the denial, and it does not necessarily mean a lender is violating the law and discriminating against a senior when they are denied any type of mortgage loan. On a legal note, When a law is neutral on its face but discriminates in its practical application, a court can rule the law unconstitutional. Of course, there are a number of other factors that determine whether a lender decides to approve an application for a new mortgage or one of the refinancing or equity line of credit options, like like one's income and amount of other debt, for example. These figures are then calculated into your very own debt-to-income ratio on which lenders rely heavily in making decisions. But there is a problem with using this metric as a primary decision-maker, particularly with today's senior borrowers. Those over 60 already have much more debt than in previous decades, including credit card debt and second mortgages and lines of credit. I'm including two graphs from Forbes Advisor. The first one shows uh, mortgages or home equity loans 
by age group and the change from 1989 to 2019. And it's quite a change. There are a number of, um, of older citizens taking out loans, uh, mortgage or home equity loans. People over 60 also have much more student loan debt, believe it or not, than, say, 30 years ago, likely because they generously help their children and grandchildren with the soaring cost of education. Look at this 11-year increase. And again, I'm including a um, graph from Forbes Advisor, which runs from 2004 to 2015, and it, it just goes straight up. Uh, so there is, um, in millions of borrowers, so there's just an incredibly large number of older citizens taking out student loans, and it's mainly to help their children and grandchildren. Unfortunately, more debt combined with a fixed retirement income and maybe some investments does not demonstrate a strong enough credit risk for banks. The woman profiled in the Times article whose refinancing application on her primary residence was denied had a modest retirement income plus a second home with its mortgage paid off that she rented, presumably providing additional passive income. If you can access the full article, by the way, read some of the comments. Many can't seem to believe this woman was denied a refinancing refinancing loan given her assets. But the author chimes in to correct some of the reader's misinterpretations, which I found very interesting. Although the law directly and specifically prohibits discrimination in lending by age, this review of over 9 million mortgage applications submitted over a two-year period shows that age does play a factor in the denials. In my refinancing heyday, when the rules perhaps were more lax and bent more, um, and I had a good amount of equity in my home, I somehow qualified for whatever refinancing option lenders were pushing at the time. Until the housing market crumbled in the Great Recession, my home was worth le considerably less, and my meager income couldn't keep up with my increasing house payments. Also, I was younger then. The general idea, we are told, is to work as long as we are able, forget about how long we want to work, pay off our mortgage and other debt before we retire, save and invest for our golden years while we're at it, and then we can retire to enjoy the freedom earned over the last 40 or 50 years, if our back is up to enjoying anything. For the most part, few seem to question this preset plan, and I guess it makes sense. But things happen. Pensions are ripped away when a company declares bankruptcy. Medical bills pile up, even with insurance. A home needs repairs and even retrofitting if the retired want to age in place. Where do we get this money if borrowing is more difficult? So let me ask, have you dipped into your retirement savings, if you have any? 
Even before retiring, have you dipped into your retirement savings? Have you refinanced your mortgage loan once or twice or more? Should it be harder for seniors to borrow? Let me know in the comment section below. I'd love to hear what you're thinking on this issue. And as always, I appreciate your interest and thoughtful ideas that make our crime and punishment community a welcoming place to visit and chat. There's no time like the present to become a free or paid subscriber, and there's no time like the new year to upgrade your free subscription to paid. It's easy and will allow me to continue to expand crime and punishment. Thanks in advance for your support. And as always, Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. Thank you so much for reading and listening, and I'll see you next time.